As we gather around the word, uh, would you join me in prayer? Gracious and holy God, you have called us uh, to be part of your family of faith. You have called us into your love. Help us to hear anew your word of life that comes to us in scriptures, that we may be surprised to discover anew the grace that you give to us in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, beginning with verse 1. Listen for the word of the Lord. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, and from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as a king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second passage from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, beginning with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It's a day when we remember Jesus' baptism. Uh, from his baptism, he, uh, he, he proceeded to discharge his disciples to go out into all the earth 
and baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them all that he had commanded. We are baptized into the baptism of Jesus. That claim that God makes upon Jesus that this is his son, the beloved, is one, therefore, that God makes upon us, that we are loved. That's our starting point. That's our starting point of faith. In baptism, we are claimed and named by God, God's action, and God claims each and every one of us. As beloved children of God, that changes our lives for all of us, all parts of our lives. It's not that we're called by God and claimed by God just to sit in one hour of worship, uh, though we find meaning in that, but it's the whole of our lives that is claimed by God in all that we do to learn to live in the presence of God at work, at play, with family, with friends, in our education, in our lovemaking, and singing, and dancing, and creating, and building, and laughing, and crying, in every human activity, God is present to us, loving us. That changes everything because we respond to whatever's going on that somehow God's love is present there. To recognize that there may be some times when, when we may not see or experience ourselves in alignment with God's love, and that too is a call to decide how we will live, how we will live to embody and respond to the love that surrounds us. We are named claimed and aimed because Jesus sent his disciples out, not one by one, but two by two on a journey, a journey to share the love, to spread the love, to, to infect the world with this love and grace and make it new. People are given to us to share that love. That's part of what happens to us in the church, isn't it? that the church is a group of people who gather together knowing that, that we are loved by God. And when we gather together, we discover that there are these other people in the church who truly, truly inspire us with the love that they share. It is amazing to feel that love of the people around us. Again and again, there are people who inspire us now, it doesn't mean from time to time there isn't somebody who's a cautionary tale among us, right? But always, always, it's, it's, it's an experience in the church of growing in God's love. People who inspire us, who heal us, who challenge us, who help us to love more, to love higher, deeper, broader. God calls us together in the church. Now, I believe God calls people to different denominations because there's different experiences in different situations, and, and, and those differences are something that, that we ought to affirm. Uh, each one of those different denominations plays by different rules of the game. In the same way that uh, baseball doesn't play by the rules of hockey, and an orchestra does not play by the rules of a rock band, 
Presbyterians do not play by the same rules as, as the Baptists or, or, or the Catholics. But nevertheless, we see that, that, that there is a depth of God's love that is at work there. I want to talk with you today about the Presbyterian Church because we are electing officers today. Um, and that's part of how we spread the love uh, as, as we order ourselves together in the church. Um, but as we do this, um, I would like to, if you would, indulge me for a few minutes. Um, because you see, we, we start our faith journey at the font, um, at the font of baptism. Um, we are water people, right? We're water people. That's where we begin, and there are all these images that come to us of water, and, and the, the Bible explores all these different water images that are powerful. Um, and I think it's, it's not just to say this is the only way, but to maybe to set some trajectories. Um, for me, as a water people, I think of my faith journey in the Presbyterian Church like uh, whitewater rafting, okay? Like whitewater rafting. I, I love whitewater rafting. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've rafted the Colorado, the Arkansas, the Natahala, the Vermilion, the Ocoee, the, the Poudre River. Um, it is so exciting for me to get on a whitewater trip and, and to experience the power of the water and, and the, the, the people on the boat and the, the mountains and the, the wind. It is just a powerful experience. It's also dangerous. It's also dangerous. It is not for everybody in the same way the Presbyterian Church isn't for everybody. Because the Presbyterian Church is on a journey. Uh, we're on a journey. I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but for us, it's, it's kind of like a whitewater raft trip. And, and, and uh, in that raft trip, you have to realize what your role is in the boat. Um, the thing about a whitewater raft trip is you have to know you've got a good guide. You have to trust the guide. Um, the guide needs experience. Um, you have to be able to read the river and to see what's coming on downstream uh, and, and, and to put together the group of people that you have because some of them are stronger paddlers and some of them maybe not so strong. Uh, some of them, uh, some of them are, are lighter and you need them in a particular part of the boat. Um, all of these things um, the guide has to put together and, uh, and to call out uh, instructions for how we paddle down the river and, and to see that there are uh, the, the, the flow of the river matters. Sometimes the flow is stronger, sometimes it's weaker. Uh, there are rocks that you can see downstream. Sometimes there are rocks under the water that only the guide sitting up just a little higher than everybody else, uh, that only the guide can see. So you want to be able to see what's going on downstream there. Um, but, but as you go down, now the guide is going to take into account the water and the wind and the, uh, the, the, the people. And as you go into the whitewater part, there's going to be times when the guide is going to do some things that are counterintuitive. That's a nice way to think about it. Counterintuitive, you go in sideways uh, to some, uh, be, be, when, when not, not straight on because the water is going to push you. And there may be some, some rocks underneath there. Um, but, but you need that good guide to make sure, because um, as we say on the river, uh, if you do not follow the guide, there are going to be consequences for your decision. 
Um, those consequences may be somebody gets bumped down in the boat, maybe somebody gets bounced outside of the boat. Maybe, uh, maybe the boat gets, um, gets stuck in the river and, uh, and the water from behind keeps flowing and you can bury your boat. And, and maybe, maybe you will flip the boat if you hit it in just the wrong way. I have been in boats that have flipped side to side. I've been in boats that flip from front to back. You don't want to be there, right? So you have to take all of those things into account. So I made this, uh, I've been uh, on enough trips that I've, I've guided a few and I convinced my friend Thomas uh, to come with me. Thomas is a, a guy who, uh, well, he gets, he gets burned in, uh, he gets a sunburn in the full moon, okay? He, he doesn't get out much. Uh, and, and when we got on the river, he carries a, 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 one of those sunscreen, big tubes of sunscreen that's 110, that kind of stuff that sucks the light, the light right out of you. I mean, he, he just can't stand. And, and so he hadn't been out on the river before, and he kept trying to correct what I was doing. And, you know, you're in the midst of the river and, you, you, you know, it's, it's counterintuitive, Thomas. You've, you've got you've to take into account these things are coming. But the more that he corrected what I was doing, the more that we had a difficult time on the river. And by the time, um, by, by the time it came around, he was just absolutely convinced that I didn't know what I was doing. Then we got to the big water. And once more I said, Thomas, you, you, you're going to have to trust the guide. And, uh, and he, he, he almost did. <laughs> and then we hit the water, and just at the wrong moment, he stuck his paddle in in the wrong place in the wrong time, and over went the boat, and downstream went his 110, uh, you know, sunscreen. So, so why do I talk about that? Because... I believe that's what life is like in the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> um, that we are not like some, some denominations which are comfortable being on a small lake and paddling around in the calmness. We are a people who are called by God to be on this journey, this exciting journey that's going someplace. And the only way you can have the excitement of the journey is to face the challenges along the way to know where the rocks are, to know how to avoid them, to know how to work together. You have to work together as a team when you're in the boat like that. Um, and, and so the question for us is, where are you in the boat? We absolutely have to have trustees who give us energy to keep on moving the boat forward. That's part of the order that we have in the boat. And God bless the people who are called to be our trustees. We have to have ushers. We have to have ushers who welcome people and make us all know how to, to, to worship well together. We have to have Stephen ministries. Stephen ministers who care for people. Deacons who care for people. We've got layers of people who care for people because love is, is, is really at the heart of what this journey is about. And, and we have elders, and they're the ones called to guide the boat. Um, we delegate them as the ones to make the decisions. And sometimes along the journey, their decisions are going to be counterintuitive. 
may not understand why they're doing what they're doing. But you have to trust them. You have to trust your elders that, that they have information from their vantage point that they can see that other folks can't. It is very important that as we make these elections and as we move in a couple weeks to ordain and install the elders that we have, um, that, that we trust them, that we promise to follow their guidance. Um, because otherwise we're going to be like that, my friend, Doubting Thomas, who just couldn't see, couldn't see, couldn't understand, and he was doing damage to our journey by trying to act in the captain's role when he wasn't the captain. I am incredibly grateful for our associate pastors that we have here. Uh, we, we, uh, I, I had a, 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 a mentor one time, and he, he once said to me, uh, an associate pastor who acts like a senior pastor is by definition incompetent. <laughs> you can't have two people in the same role. You can't have two people in the same role. You have to have people who understand their roles. And uh, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Kelsey are two people who really have teamed with me. They understand their role and they're working together. I'm grateful uh, for, for Pastor Keith uh, and, and for Pastor Marjorie because they have teamed with me um, to, to move forward and to have a delightful journey. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for the elders that we have. Uh, I have found uh, a, a, an uncommon degree of wisdom and insight and, and wrestling with difficult problems and not coming up with quick answers um, among the elders that we have. And I look forward to the new folks that are uh, elected today because we're on a journey. We're Presbyterians. I mean, it, why did they call the American Revolution uh, that, that Presbyterian Rebellion? It was because the Presbyterians were involved in the world and doing really important things. We still are involved in the world, and we can only do important things when we all know our role in the boat and when we work together in these ways. Uh, I want to say how grateful I am to all of you for letting me uh, be with you uh, on this part of your faith journey. Uh, pretty soon, uh, you, you know, part of what I've been doing is trying to, uh, to sort of tighten some things up, uh, some, some things here and there to make sure your journey with your next senior pastor is one that is joyful and exciting and fruitful and long-lasting. Uh, I'm grateful to be here in my role at this time, um, but I look forward to in this coming year moving forward in that way. Um, as, uh, as we move forward, I want us to remember that all of us are called by God, called, named, claimed, and aimed for a journey, an exciting journey of faith. May that journey be one that is filled with newness, with excitement, with joy, but most of all, filled with the love that God intends for all of us to feel experience, to grow in, and to share with the world. Amen.